Yeah. All right, welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast live edition on a Thursday. We are broadcasting on Facebook Live. If you're listening to this on the podcast page, we will uh, answer some questions that were sent to the website and preview OSU versus Texas. Kyle, what's up, man? You got your you got your Ryder Cup hat on? Is that what that, yeah. is, that what it is? USA. Yeah. Uh, it's in on it's in honor of uh, last year's game against Texas, which uh, I missed because I was at the Ryder Cup. I haven't seen Oklahoma State play Texas since the appearance of Tiny Hands Rudolph uh, in 2015. Ooh, buddy, that was probably his worst game, right? In an OSU uniform. Yeah, uh, it's up there. He mentioned it this week, along with some other stuff that he mentioned this week. Um, we'll get into that that we need to talk about, but. Yeah, he, he talked about how it was just not a not an enjoyable experience and um, one that he wants to forget, basically. I was at that game. That's actually the game in which you texted me and said, hey, let's do a podcast. Yeah. It was about 1,000 degrees on the field. So he, he had a hard time the entire game hanging on to the ball to the point where I like went around back behind the bench to like see if he was – getting his hand worked on because he was hurt or if it just if he had like two towels over each hand to stop the sweating but he had just that horrific fumble that they were on their way to blowing texas out in that game he has that horrific fumble for touchdown for texas he had an interception that looked like a fair catch punt remember that he just like threw it straight up in the air and it just landed like a punt to the texas player yeah. And then Gundy Gundy benched him effectively and put in Walsh and they started running the veer and somehow Texas gave him the game with their punter. So Did, I think I, that, is, got, that is his worst game. Yeah, he had another. Didn't he have three picks at uh, at West Virginia too? Two or three. Remember that year uh, they came back and won in overtime. I yeah. think that was I think that was fifteen also. Yep. And uh, they, they really struggled. So, yeah, that was back when I, I was thinking about this the other day. We haven't talked about this in a while, but remember when there used to be home and road Rudolph and and home Rudolph yep. was like a Heisman winner and and road Rudolph looked like also Poga. Like he was he was <laughs> he just wasn't yep. very good. I feel like even though getting... even though he played awesome his very first game in the rain at Baylor and then yeah. obviously won Bedlam on the road, too. But, yeah, in 2015. The home road splits were pretty stark, but he has corrected that over the last year or so. Yeah. How'd you like that uh, that stat that I threw out about no team has ever won in Austin uh, five consecutive times? Ever? Ever. That's because they Never. play OU at the Cotton Bowl, let's be honest. I, I mean, they, I, I know, but like, it still is a, it's still a real stat. It still happened. Or it still That's pretty been. wild. Um, you know, there was a time when you and I were in college where OSU would like go up by 30 points in the first half, and then Texas would always come back in the second half. I think the worst one, obviously in 05, Vince Young, just Vince Young in the second half. But the, yeah. the worst one to me was in Austin when Ver, yeah. Vernon Marinci ran for like a million yards in the first half. They were up by like 35 or 30 or was, something crazy. It was 35 to, it was 35 to 7, 2003. Yeah, and, and I think uh, that they lost like fifty-six to forty-two or something like that. Yeah, and uh, it's funny, you know, we're doing an OSU Texas pregame show, and we're kind of going over all the years they've won in a row. And uh, I think twenty ten was the first one, right? And that was like the really mm-hmm. Justin Blackman's kind of solidification of how good he was. I put, it was interesting. I pulled up the video, and it's basically like one of those coaches' show deals after the game on the field with Mike Gundy, and he started talking about Blackman. 
sneeze. Like I've never seen a receiver get bracketed as much as him and still have over 100 yards and a touchdown. And that was kind of a sign of things to come. It was it was really cool to hear Gundy talk about how much uh, Blackman gets bracketed with safeties, and I'm sure James Washington gets the same thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, Blackman. I was looking up um, most consecutive 100 yard receiving games because Washington's at uh, four in a row now, which is tied for the third longest in school history. Justin Blackman had 14 in a row um, his junior, or his last two years. He had every game his his 2010 year, he went over 100 yards, and then he did it for the first two or three of his 2011 years. So, I mean, it was really incredible. And yet, James Washington, like we've talked about, he's he's already surpassed him. He's going to eventually – I mean, if, if he continues the pace he's on, he's going to surpass Rashawn Woods as the most productive Oklahoma State receiver in history. Pretty crazy. Uh, did you see our boy Colin Johnston's stats on Washington and Rashawn again? Uh, in terms of yards per catch or, or how many catches they have? Yes, based on production he has so far on less touches. Have you seen this? Do I need to pull it up? Uh, I, I, pull, you can pull it up. I've seen uh, bits and pieces of it. Uh, let's see here. It's a pretty amazing stat that Colin Johnston, good follow on Twitter if you want to follow him, pulled up. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I tweet a lot, so I got it takes me a second to find it. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, okay, go ahead I got it right here. I got go it right ahead. here. Go ahead. Uh, if let's see here, James Washington has 550 fewer yards and nine fewer touchdowns than Rashawn Woods on 99 less touches. Like it's insane. It's insane. And to extrapolate that, if given 99 more touches at his career averages for yards and touchdowns, he would eclipse Rashawn by 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns, which is a career for a lot of guys, or a a Heisman level season, basically, or an All American level season from a receiver. <laughs> That's it's a, crazy. It's absurd. And you know who's 105th in in defending the pass in terms of yards per attempt this year? Texas. Texas. I mean, people talk about defense is great, defense is great. Defense is good. You know, they, they held USC and OU to uh, two touchdowns under their season average, uh, both of them. But they give up a lot of passing yards, and that's what Oklahoma State does best. You know, they're going to stop the run, I think Texas is. I think they're good enough to do that uh, to an extent. But I don't know. They're going to have a hard time stopping uh, Marcel Aitman and James Washington on Saturday. Have your pistols firing minions tweeted out a link to this yet? To what? To our live thing we're doing right now. Oh, I don't know. We don't have very many viewers, is why I'm asking. I think it's all again. I think it's all of my Facebook friends are the ones watching, since you're not on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing against my Facebook friends. I'm glad they're watching too, but I don't think anyone from your audience is watching. I'll, I'll just tweet it out. You want to start with your uh, – I'll tweet it out while you're toasting somebody. It's time for the Coupel Works Toast of the Week. Coupel Works, bring great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupel Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Um, give, me, give me your toast, Carson, and I'll, I'll tweet the link out. I'm going to toast a – Briefcase Brown, just because I love the name, and uh, to Justin Phillips. He's having an all-Big 12 caliber season at linebacker. 
He has Stole more mine. touchdowns. He has more touchdowns than Tyron Johnson halfway <laughs> through the year, which is a great stat. Someone tweeted at me earlier this week, and I just I sent back like the crying emoji or a crying a gif. Uh, but no, he's been great. And uh, you know, we talked a lot about Bundage coming into the year. Uh, the ninth president, Edison Magruder. We didn't talk a lot about Justin Phillips, and he's proven to be probably the biggest playmaker on the defense thus far, so I'll, I'll give him a toast. Yeah, I like that one. Um, okay, I tweeted it out. That's a good one. That's who I was going to go with. Um, so just for the sake of uh, what we've done this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toast Kyle Boone. Uh, he, he launched his new podcast yesterday. It's called The Reload um got some cool artwork on it from chris knox so he's going to be talking to recruits and uh recruiting analysts and different stuff like that uh i think it's going to be really a cool um kind of resource for us in terms of future content so people should check that out it's called the reload podcast we submitted it to itunes and to google play so it should be on there in the next couple days uh but you can go to the blog and and check it out right now so i'll toast a uh, i'll toast a saturday siren to him who all is going to host it kyle boone and who you? It's just it's just Kyle Boone. Okay. Yeah. I say, so I don't know if you're gonna you're gonna double up, double the work no, there. If you're gonna no. do both. <laughs> no, no, nobody nobody's got time for that. Well, that's um, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure Adam Lunt would be willing to join him. He loves recruiting as much as anybody. So, I'm, and oh, I, that's yeah. a cool uh, podcast to do too. I mean, a lot of people get really into recruiting. You and I don't so much. So it'd be a good thing for Boone and and anyone that follows your blog to listen to a recruiting podcast. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be really good, and and we do need to get Lunt and and uh, some other guys on there um, that that do recruiting for us. Um, you want to get to some mailbag questions, Carson? I do, but before we get to that, <laughs> I, I tweeted out a link today to some video. Uh, Mason Rudolph says he trademarked Oil Baron, the nickname for Taylor Cornelius, which is hilarious because you started calling him the like oil magnet and then the oil baron like three years ago. And now, now Mason's taking full credit for it. Dishonest mainstream media. That's all it is. Fake fake news. It is. It is so dishonest. I, I don't, I mean, I don't care like whatever, but he didn't trademark it. Like it's, I told, I was telling Mrs. Pistols today. I was like, Mason stole our stuff. And she was like, well, <laughs> she said it's probably, she didn't know what it was or she didn't know what I was talking about. And she's like, it's probably, it's probably general enough that like, he just came up with it on his own. And I was like, there's no way. Like it's, it's literally the most specific thing you could possibly come up with. The and best he- part of the video was he was asked what his reasoning was. He's like, uh, he's from like Amarillo and I'm not from Texas. So they don't have oil. Uh, first of all, first of all, they do. And second of all, uh, it was because his name is Taylor Cornelius the third. And he sounds like a, like a trust fund kid from like Pennsylvania that whose family has been in the oil business since like the 1700s. He doesn't, that's why you came up with it. He doesn't even know the reasoning. It was, that was terrible. Well, he just made up reasoning. And then he said he was like a thick athlete at one point. And that's why he named him the oil baron. It was whatever, which I don't care. It just, to me, it makes me think he's been hanging out with Gundy too much to where Gundy just (laughs) throws stuff against the wall and claims it's his. And so I I think he's taken after his coach a little bit there. I thought it was funny. I'm not like offended or anything. I just thought it was, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It's like he, he called him the oil baron, which I thought was great. And I was like, oh, he's been reading the blog and listening to the podcast. But then he's like, I, 
I trademarked that a couple years ago. You should probably you should probably call him that. <laughs> uh, it was it was like, funny. Like you said, next thing you know, Gundy's gonna be gonna be touting it during his his Monday presser and say that he well, came up of, with it. Exactly, and instead of calling him Cornelson like he used to call him, let's <laughs> yeah. call him the Oil Baron. Uh, let's get to some questions. That was great. Here, I'll, I'll ask the first one here. Uh, this is from okay. Seth. Seth D is in dog. The next three weeks will be tough for us. What does our record look like after Bedlam? And what will we learn about this team during the meat of the schedule? Um, you think that you think they win these three? No. I think they lose West Virginia. I think they lose the one they'll probably be the most favored in against West Virginia. That's such a I, – I, it, it's it's not as good of a pick now that it, we know that it's an 11 a.m. game. Um, I don't I don't know if West Virginia is good enough to to beat them. I think their offense is good enough to roll with them, but I, I just don't see them getting out of this three and zero. Do you? No. And if I had to pick one, they'd lose. I'd say Bedlam. I think they can. 11 a.m. kick in West Virginia really helps. I don't you know I don't put a whole lot of stock in kick time, but it'll help. And I just think they're better than West Virginia and, and Texas. I, Oklahoma, their offense has had some problems when C.D. Lamb's been out, but you got to think he'll be healthy by the time Bedlam comes around. So I just, it's really hard for me to pick them to win Bedlam based on what I've seen the last couple of years. So I say they lose Bedlam. You're gonna, you're gonna perpetually pick. You, you, will you ever pick Mike Gundy to win Bedlam again? I said I wouldn't after the 2010 game whenever they let Landry Jones throw like two long touchdowns. So I, I actually picked OU in the 2011 game where OSU just <laughs> annihilated them. And I got tweets from all angles on that. Um, yeah. After what I saw last year, I don't know how you could confidently say OSU is one, just going to beat them or two that Mike Gundy is going to coach to win that game. I have yet to see it. I haven't seen it since maybe 2010. Really? Even in 2011, Kyle, they just they just ran the ball and Landry Jones gave them the game with two fumbles. They didn't even yeah. let Whedon loose. Whedon didn't throw a touchdown pass in that game. Now, granted, they had a lot of success running the ball. It was obviously a, a good move, but it wasn't like they were just going all out. It is weird that, and we've we've talked about this ad nauseum. This is all we talk about sometimes. But they, it's yeah. like Gund, Gundy and big games against better teams. He's like, well, we'll rely on our our defense to create turn. It, it, they rely on things that um, they're not necessarily great at, you know, like they, it, it's like, it's like he, he coaches. I mean, we talked about this. He coaches like he has Alabama and really they're Oklahoma state and they're a, a 10 point underdog or whatever against a better OU team. You can't, you can't coach like your Alabama against OU. That's, that's dumb. Only Alabama can do that. Maybe Clemson. If you're Oklahoma state, you got to take some chances, run a fake field, whatever, just, Coach, like you've got a mullet and not like you've got a crew cut. <laughs> exactly. And I think we'll see a little bit of that on Saturday, what what his approach is, because he views Texas the same way that he views Oklahoma. So if they come out and just try and run the ball and be safe, they, you know, they'll make it a lot harder on themselves on Saturday. So uh, This is one's from Adam Lunt. It's going to be hot and possibly raining. How many times will Rudolph drop the ball that is unforced by Texas? He should wear gloves. Go full like uh, Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, whatever it takes. Peyton Manning wore gloves. He, he, he idolizes Peyton Manning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How many times? How many times did he drop it? 
What, what's what's my over under? Like two and a half. Just how many times will he drop it unforced? I'll say one. Yeah, I I I'd probably go over one. I'll probably say two. If he drops it twice, that's a disaster. You think they'll start running the veer with Wood T at that point? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, from James, in the next three weeks, would you rather go two and one and lose to OU, or go one and two and beat OU? That's a good question. I think a lot of um, fans would say they'd rather go one and two and beat OU, which is silly. Yeah. I. I I don't know. People want to beat OU more than like anything. More than they want to breathe. I think I'd go two and one and lose to OU because in that scenario, you could still. Uh, Play for the a, Big 12? Well, you'd have a hard time, though, because either OU or TCU would have to lose three times because you, would, yeah, have lost, you need, would have lost to both of them. Yeah. You'd need TCU to lose because you're not, I guess, either one, really. So. Yeah. I, I guess I guess two and one and lose to OU, but I don't know. Going one and two and beating OU would be bittersweet, huh? You beat OU in the year that it doesn't really matter, or in a year that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it would be so appropriate. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Will OSU be able to run the ball effectively against Texas's defense, and will they be able to contain Ellinger running the ball? Uh, it's a good question. I, I researched Texas today quite a bit um, for a post, and Texas' run defense is pretty good. They're holding teams to like three and a half yards a carry, something like that. I think they're top 25 in the country. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to be able to run it that well against them, um, but I think they're going to be able to throw all over them. Their pass defense just hasn't been very good, and um, – so I would say no on the first one. I th- I think they'll be able to contain Ellinger. He's not like he's kind of J.W. Walshy. I don't. I I know you got to see him last weekend. He's um, kind of he's kind of Tebowy. He's he's huge. He's just big and yeah. can run a Col- little bit. He, Colin Klein. Yeah, I mean he, yeah. he to me he's Tebow. Like he's built like Tebow. Yeah. Um, so he's not the kind of guy that like, uh, like Tannehill where you get him out in space and he's pretty fast. Like he's, he's kind of can gallop a little bit. I don't really feel like he's like that. And I think that Oklahoma state has linebackers this year that they haven't had in the past guys like, uh, your boy, Justin Phillips and and Calvin bondage that I I hope they can contain him, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's one of the main questions I have going into Saturday. I don't think OSU's going to be able to run the ball very well, at least on a yards per carry uh, instance. I think you're right. I think they have to throw the ball. And what I want to see is if they can't run the ball, just throw those quick passes to the receivers and let them get four or five yards. That's that's an extension of the running game. So that's what I want to see. And as far as Ellinger's concerned, he's not very fast, but he is their entire offense. That's literally the only yeah. way they can run the ball. Their running backs have no running lanes at all with their offensive line. So I think OSU, this game sets up well for the OSU defense because I've yet to see Ellinger really just shred people through the air, which is, we can all agree, maybe a weakness of the OSU defense. So I think they should be able to pin their ears back and just go after him and just say, hey, if you want to beat us deep, have at it. But that's yeah, kind of how I see I, the game playing out. I hope I hope they do, but it feels like every time we say that, they, they get away from it. You know, they... 
yeah they don't pre- they don't pressure when they should and then they pressure when you don't think they need to like against Baylor so and and Texas knows? didn't even and Texas didn't even like attempt to throw the ball against OU now you think they're just going to play 5000 and just throw it <laughs> throw it downfield the whole game yeah. uh but next question big big daddy asks uh he basically just tears Jalen McCluskey to shreds on punt returns um why don't they try someone else basically is the question I- well, I wrote the post about McCleskey on uh, Wednesday. He's he's by production either the second worst or the worst punt returner of the last ten years. It's him or Charlie Moore in terms of production. I, I'm not saying that he's, you know, maybe they have fair catch more now than they used to. I, I don't know. He just he averages only like five or six yards a return, which is a Charlie Moore range. By the way, Dez averaged like 17 yards a return. I was going to ask you who number one on that list was. Backing <laughs> up what I said. Many podcasts ago. You, I think you were right about that. Um, Heck yeah, I was. You, you are. But my question for you: Why not? Why not throw Tyron Johnson back there? I mean, if he's your, if he's the best player in college football history in a phone booth, which apparently he is, isn't that the perfect spot for him? It's the perfect spot. It's especially since he's not getting much run on offense. He should be fresh. Uh, he has that, as we saw in those short passes he got last game. He has that one cut ability to get loose from a guy who's rushing unblocked at him. So you think he could turn a five yard return into fifteen, which is huge field position wise. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. they don't use Tyron. It's gonna yeah, I agree. there's gonna be a chapter in an OSU football book written about why they didn't use Tyron Johnson. Kinda like Tyree Kill. Maybe you could argue they didn't use Tyree Kill enough write it. Go for it. Maybe you and I should write it. Yeah. Um yeah, no, you're I think you're right about about Tyron Johnson. Um, what else we got here? <clears throat> um, did you see OSU was 10th in the big 12 coaches poll? How can these coaches possibly think that with the returning improved fourth year Mitchell, the Bixby hammer Solomon <laughs> are all of these coaches drunk? That's from Gallagher. I hardly know her. <laughs> I was a little surprised. I mean, Jeffrey Carroll's an, like he might be the Big 12 player of the year, and, and you put Oklahoma State last. That was kind of – and not only last, but it was almost unanimous. Only one coach didn't vote Oklahoma State last, and that whoever that coach was had them ninth. So I was, I was surprised. I don't know. Were you surprised? Not really. I think you factor in Mike Boynton. You factor in they don't know if Jeffrey Carroll will play the whole year with the NCAA and FBI investigation. Player three. I, I, yeah, I can see why people would just put them last just because there's so much uncertainty with the head coach. And obviously, Jeffrey Carroll's status is really in question. I mean, I know he's practicing, he's going to media day, but I don't know. That That's a big question mark. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I, got, I got one from one of our guys. Uh, Steven Mandeville asked, uh, if Bedlam quarterbacks traded places before the 2015 season, so if you traded Baker Mayfield and uh, Mason Rudolph before 2015, so you play 15, 16, 17, what would the world look like and what would the effect be? Uh, well, it's a great question. OSU would have won Bedlam last year, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a direct correlation. Wasn't that for the Big 12 title last year? 
Yeah, so they'd have another Big 12 championship, at least in 16. 15, OU was so much better than OSU. It really wasn't close with the running backs they had. Um, so, yeah, OSU wins the Big 12 last year. That's my my prediction. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's so hard to say that. Uh, like, because we're so... Uh, nickname stealing aside, we're so biased, or I'm so biased toward Rudolph because he's the guy I've been watching, rooting for, whatever. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't like. Is Baker a better college quarterback? Maybe. I guess. I guess he is. I yeah. I think so. Do you not? Um. Yeah. I I I, I think he is, but like I think Mason's just a better quarterback. So it's it's I I don't know. Why why do you think he's better? Numbers wise Baker's been better. In terms of what? Touchdowns, efficiency, accuracy, completion percentage. I mean Rudolph is leading the country in passing yards this year. Isn't that the point of a quarterback throw? Yeah, throw but we're for... talking we're talking the last 3 years. Yeah, no, I I think that over the last three years, Baker Mayfield's been a better quarterback than. Yeah, I don't think Mason that's Rudolph. arguable. I know that yeah. probably upsets people, but that's not really arguable. The guy had like forty touchdowns last year throwing. Yeah, eight picks. That's I think Rudolph. Solid. I think Rudolph might be having a better season this year, though. In two in two thousand seventeen only. This season, yeah, I would I would argue that too. But I mean, we'll see how he does against Texas. Yeah, so um, I think I would I think I would flip him. If I got to if I got to choose, as much as that hurts to say, you would. Okay. That was the question: whether you would flip them. No, but I was just making it. I was making it. <laughs> okay. I was turning it into the question. Well, don't talk about Baker too much. People get upset. I know. He's a great player. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, what are you, what are you going to say? He's not. He is. Uh, Keith asked the O line was an issue against TCU. What do you need to see against Texas to know it is improved? For me, it's don't let Mason get hit. I mean, they Texas really pressured Baker Mayfield, hit him a few times, even hurt him for a little bit. Uh, that to me is the biggest way you can beat OSU is just getting to Mason. So that also is on Mason too. He tends to hold on to the ball a little too long, looking for the home run. Um, but I think that's going to be the biggest indicator for me. I. I still don't think even if they're healthy, they're going to be able to just run the ball for six yards of carry or five yards of carry against this defense. So that to me is where the improvement will lie. Yeah, it's a great point. I think you're right. I think, I think them getting a hundred yards would be pretty decent. I mean, unless they're running it, you know, Gundy might try to run it 65 times. Um, but yeah, if you, if you get a hundred yards and take care of business in the passing game, I think that, uh, I think you're right, though. I think keeping Mason upright is is big time. Uh, from Dustin E., what do you guys think are the biggest factors on offense and defense for OSU? Also, can we start using Tyron Beckham like we like we use Josh Stewart? <laughs> yes. Got to figure out how to use him more. Use him like Josh Stewart. Get him in space. Figure it out. I, I'm, I'm re- starting to recant my Tyron is overrated uh, – Come on over. Harris. Come on over to my side. From a couple weeks ago because you watched them get get him the ball last week against Baylor and it's like no you got to have four guys to tackle him. Like you can't you can't you can't tackle him. I, I just yeah, I don't know. 
that's all I've ever said. Like, I know people get tired of, why do you talk about a guy who doesn't get the ball? Well, that's why we talk about him is because he absolutely should. When he gets the ball, it looks completely different than any other player on the team not named James Washington. You know, James Washington turns into freaking Herschel Walker when he gets the ball. He turns into a running back. And Tyron, Tyron Beckham <laughs> turns into Odell Beckham with the ball in his hands. He could, he could break a slant for a touchdown real quick if they just give him the ball. So to me, it's just an untapped resource, and that's why we talk about it. Now, obviously, Marcel Aitman and James Washington have been two of the best in the entire country. There's a reason he's not getting the ball a lot. But you and I both agree now that he should be getting the ball some. So that's my yeah. problem with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and put him on punt return. What are they doing putting the true freshman back there? What are they he's doing? He's a gym rat. He's a gym rat. It reminds me of that Taylor Twelman rant when the USA didn't make the World Cup. What are we doing? <laughs> like, put Tyron Johnson back there, you ah. Yeah, I agree. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, we need it. Speaking of Tyron Johnson, we need to talk uniforms. Oh, let's, let's get do. to this week's. Let's get to this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, I know you have your uni ready because you already submitted it, uh, so why don't you go first? Yeah, I'm not scared. Unlike you, I don't wait till like the last possible second to submit my uniform prediction. I don't wait to see Southwell's and yours, unlike you. You kind of you sandbag it a little. You changed it last week. <laughs> Uh, you I changed was, it in the first week. That just because it was a horrific pick. I mean, that wasn't like any indecisiveness like you. <laughs> that's that's I know. the same thing. Yeah, I know. But uh, you did make it like exactly like my pick. Um, I'm going with the icy white Pete helmet, which we have not seen, I believe, since Baylor of last year. White jersey, black pants. I really wanted to go black, white, black, which they've worn at Texas in the past, but... They've already worn the badge, black helmet. They've already worn the the Pete black helmet. So I think they'll bust out the icy white. I'm gonna go something similar, uh, white helmet, but with the badge instead of the icy the icy white Pete, and then white jersey, uh, black pants. I, I wanted to go all white, but it doesn't feel like a game that they would do that because uh, you don't. I don't think you should go all white against against Texas. <laughs> um, no, that's like. Uh... Uh, I was going to make a, a poor analogy, but that's that's not a good move. <laughs> so I, I think it's going to be either orange, white, black, or white, white, black. So I'll go white, white, black with the badge helmet instead of the icy Pete. Yeah, I wanted to go badge too, but I just feel like they haven't gone with the big Pete yet, so they'll just yeah. they'll bust out. I think I think you're white. probably ri- I think you're right, but I don't want to don't want to get it wanna, too similar to yours. So don't want to copy. Don't want to copy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that'll look good. I mean, um, are we are we ready to officially declare the brand dead? I mean, the new brand hasn't been worn since the season opener last year. I don't even count the throwback helmet. I'm I'm talking regular old brand. Is it dead? Yeah, it's it's gone. Yeah, they killed it. You okay? <laughs> I'm not okay. I was sorry. I was reading a new comment. Uh, <laughs> Um, guy, okay, guy let's come back and they should put Johnson back there. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're going to hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's university spirit. And then we're going to come back and, uh, make our picks and talk about, uh, something that's going on this weekend. 
Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, you want to go picks first, or should we talk about our uh, our our special, uh, I don't even know what you call it, our news. It's not this special. It's not fake news. It's real news. Uh, no, the OSU-Texas yeah. game is on ABC, Channel 5. So I'm doing an hour-long pregame show from Austin, Texas, and I'm bringing you on as a guest to talk a little bit about the game. So you're making your Channel 5 debut on Saturday. It'll be like the podcast on TV, only I'm going to be the one yeah. asking you questions this time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I love it. I can't wait. You better have the dump button ready. I'm going to be cursing all over the place. Um, you got to get your got to get your TV hair right. You can't wear a backwards cap on TV. So you better get your hair right. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to spend an inordinate amount of time on Saturday morning uh, working on my hair. Are you going to uh, bring Mrs. So Pistols story, with you to touch you up? Uh there she's coming but not to to the game. Okay. So she the the whole the whole family will be down there. My um grandparents-in-law think that because I work for CBS Sports that I'm that I'm actually on CBS, like the TV, like, (laughs) like golf, like covering golf and stuff. So I haven't really had the heart to explain to them that that's not really how it works. So they're going to be delighted uh, to see that I actually am on TV, albeit not on CBS. Uh, Are are these the ones that live in Hennessy? Yeah, they live in Hennessy and they just, they'll they'll be able to watch channel five. Then that's in our our viewing market. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be great. Uh, I'm very excited. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm just I'm pumped. It, it's going to be a blast. Like, you know, I I I will want to go the full hour, and we're going to have to cut me off. <laughs> They're going to bring out that giant so, uh, hook and like pull you <laughs> off the screen. <laughs> that old school like 1950s TV show. They bring the hook. Just get out of there. Uh, yeah, that's nah, like be me. Great. I, I, that's like me on the field trying to take pictures of Tyron. Like they they just bring a big <laughs> hook out. Get this jabroni off the field. <laughs> Quit gawking at Tyron. No, I, I appreciate you asking me. I'm I'm pretty fired up about it. Um, it it'll it'll be fun. It'll be really cool. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely ask you your pick then. But I'll, let's go ahead and get it now. Who are you picking, and uh, what's your score? Uh, I think Oklahoma State. Um, so I've got a stat for you. I'm going to save it for. I'm going to save the stat for Saturday. So to, for, for people that watch okay. uh, the, the pregame. But I think Oklahoma State's going to score a lot early in the first half. I think they're going to get up. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to cruise, but I don't think it's going to be the, a Texas Tech-type game. As long as they hang on to the ball, it shouldn't be. They're, they, they score so much more than Texas. You know, they're leading the country and or they're second in the country in points per game. They're leading the country in points per drive. Did you see, did you see the stat I threw out there? The number the one points team in per point, drive. Number one team in points per drive in the last decade is your 2013 Florida State Seminoles, 4.06 points per drive. So Oklahoma State team is averaging 4.34 so far. It would be the 
most efficient offensive season in the last 10 years if they're able to keep that pace. And I, I think Texas defense is pretty good. I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with uh, – I don't think they're going to be able to, to create enough turnovers and stop Oklahoma State enough uh, to give their offense a chance. So I'll say Oklahoma State – uh, 45 to th- 28. I like that pick. Uh, I don't like at all what I saw out of Texas against OU. Granted, it's against Oklahoma, but their offense looked awful. OSU's defense has to step up and play well in this game. And I think OSU's offense should be able to score in the 40s. So I'm, I'm taking 45-21. Um, I think they'll score three touchdowns against OSU's defense over the course of the game, but I think they'll be up. 42 to 10 at one point. I think they should absolutely dominate Texas. They are far superior in every way, other than maybe defensive line. Uh, defense, I think their front seven's pretty good, so I don't think OSU's going to be able to run the ball. But good luck stopping those receivers. Now, the, the yeah. X factor for me is will OSU open it up and just throw the ball all over the place? And will Mason hang on to the ball if it's raining? If it's raining, Kyle, just... Isn't Gundy going to walk in the stadium and go, oh, God, oh, no, it's raining. Mason, come here. Put these gloves on. Uh, but I do have, do, have a, do have a question from Scott. He asked, will it be possible to stream our pregame show? I believe if you go to koco.com slash nowcast, you can stream the pregame show if, you, if you're not in state. So, yeah, cool. you can stream it. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Saturday morning should be, should be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun, man. Uh, I'll see you down on uh, the field. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, send me my call time. Is that is that a thing that you guys say? In the- yeah, I'll send you your call time. Uh, make sure your hair's good. If it's raining, yeah. you you might have to put the backwards cap on, but we'll see. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get a mellow hoodie and put it on. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Thunder opening yeah. tonight, so I'm, I'm, it's a good week for me. Yep, absolutely. We'll see you on Saturday, Carson. Sounds good, man. See you. All right, see you.